All right, good to have you here on this Tuesday. Uh, so what is wrong with kids wearing masks, you ask? Well, there could be a lot of things. And we're starting to get data out of the UK on some studies looking into masking, you know, efficacy and side effects. And the UK has reported that, you know, cloth masks do absolutely nothing to stop the spread of the Omicron variant. And N95 masks don't really offer kids much more protection because they don't fit their little faces properly. And so this is why we have seen European countries, the UK, dropping mask mandates. But now research out of the United States reveals that they have seen a 364% surge in childhood speech delays, specifically to babies and toddlers who, because they can't see their parents' faces to mimic or watch how their mouth moves or shapes are sounded, um, they just can't seem to be picking it up. And so it's not just the masks that have delayed speech development, but, you know, when toddlers and babies are locked down and away from the world, they're being deprived of essential interactions with human beings crucial to their development. Alison Grant is a speech-language pathologist and professor with the University of Ottawa, where she is in the science um, section where she looks into things like speech and language. Good to have you. Thank you. Um, we, I'm, I'm talking to you on the day that I had hoped to hear different news, but Doug Ford today uh, actually said that masks aren't going anywhere, so they're going to be around for some time. And so let me start with is this a good idea? Do you think we should be keeping the masks going? Um, well, let me start with just talking about a little bit about communication development. You've mentioned some great aspects. There are definitely periods in early childhood development in which language and social development is really rapidly developing for the first few years of life. So these children are using verbal and facial cues to figure mm -hmm. out how someone is feeling and to pick up on different environmental aspects so definitely critical for these young kids and then we have these masks that come into play and they can't necessarily see these verbal or facial cues like we would like them to do so there are definitely concerns that wearing masks might interfere with these natural learning experiences and have an impact on communication and social skills for sure um, a key part of learning to communicate for a child is definitely watching the faces, mouths, and expressions of people closest to them. So babies are studying those faces intently. Um, and the concern is those solid masks covering the face is, is definitely understandable. However, right now, there are no known studies that suggest mm -hmm. that the use of a mask negatively impacts a child's speech and language development. There are also other things that we need to consider. For example, visually impaired children develop speech and language skills right. at the same rate as their peers. Um, and this is because language is learned through hearing it. So that's something that we definitely need to consider as well. Um, are masks, you know, can they impede on social and communicational aspects? Definitely, there are elements that we need to take in consideration, but we have to look at those other elements as well. So it's not just that the child sees what's, sorry, it's not just what the child sees under the mask, it's also what he or she sees beyond the mask. So for example, mm -hmm. what are the eyes doing? What is the body language mm -hmm. telling us? It's also what he or she hears, like I was saying. So one can argue that masks can affect language development because it's harder to hear the person when speaking through the mask. Right. And this is definitely something to consider. But I think it's what we need to do is we need to balance this out. 
by allowing for interaction and communication opportunities at home. Because at home, there is no mask. We're in a natural, motivating, and fun environment. So definitely where we're going to compensate for this mask wearing is at home with all those great interactions. And so while you say that the um, data and the research is limited, um, you know, so I'm not sure how much is anecdotal and how much is actually kind of firm. So we're in the early stages of it. But what are you starting to see? Like when parents come to you with their with their toddler or their baby, what are some of the things that you are seeing that may raise a flag for you? So we're seeing that sometimes all those great models that we can give, um, for example, you know, the kids are starting to learn how to do sounds and how to say words. And kids are looking at an adult's face to see how do I say that word? How do I do that sound? So they are missing those necessary those visual cues. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes we do see that parents are kind of worried about, you know, sound production, or like you were saying earlier, um, all that interaction and social aspect, because we learn by socializing. Uh, I was saying earlier that interaction is really, really key. We need to interact. Communication is based on interaction. So although we can compensate that with having all these interactions at home and so forth, we also want the kids to have these opportunities to interact with other kids and, you know, get models mm -hmm. from those other kids and just have all those great social cues because social and communication, they kind of go hand in hand. It's really hard to separate them. So definitely what we're seeing is that although, you know, parents can compensate and, you know, work on that communication development with their child at home, uh, with their interactions, there may be missing that child-on-child -child social interaction and all that comes with that social communication. So what would your concern, you know, moving forward, because the research is so limited and this has gone on so much longer than I think people, um, you know, thought. And I think the running kind of theme so far has been, you know, kids are resilient. They'll be okay. A mask won't hurt them. I mean, we make a lot of assumptions about things that we just don't know. And so I know that you're going to be, um, and many others in, in pedi pediatric care are going to be looking and researching these things. What are some of the things that you're most concerned about the longer this goes on? I think we're really concerned about the social aspects. So, you know, having that uh, less of that time to socialize with other ch children and to learn from other children and to socialize with, you know, different adults and just all those opportunities that we usually have because we go to the park and we go to play dates and we do all those types of different things. Those opportunities are less and less. So I think in the long term, we're worried about all those great opportunities that we usually have and that help us with our social and communication development what is going to happen now that those situations or those opportunities are no longer there. And as far as long-term development, if a toddler or baby doesn't get these skills or is able to develop these things, you know, and meet their markers at a young age, does it stick with them? Is it something that can be corrected? Is it something that will, you know, will they face barriers long-term? Um, so definitely, um, regardless of mass use, some children will take longer to reach certain speech and language milestones. And, you know, maybe with the mass, some of that will affect their speech and language milestones as well. So some of them may need some extra help, definitely. So speech and language delays and disorders are common in young children, but they definitely are um, treatable, I guess you could say. We can definitely do some therapy. So it's really important that if um, parents do have concerns 
concerns that they consult with a speech language pathologist. A lot of cities have um, free services where uh, a child can be screened just to see if, you know, uh, there is concern for their development or not, and then go on from there. So I think it's really important that parents do seek out those services if necessary so that we can be more preventative. Boy, oh boy, you guys all have your work cut out for you uh, after this, even though you've been working straight through this, but no question about it. A lot of questions uh, and uh, things to look into. Very much appreciate your time on this. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time as well. That is Alison Grant, who's a speech language pathologist and a professor with the University of Ottawa's Faculty of Health Sciences, Audiology and Speech Language Pathology. I'm Alex Pearson here. Stay with us. This is On Point.